With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Welcome to KFZ HQ presented by Sherwin-Williams. Thank you for joining us on the First Energy Cleveland Cavaliers Radio Network. Now, here are your hosts, Tim Alcorn and Jim Jones. From the Cavaliers Radio Production Studios at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse in Cleveland. Hi again, everybody, and welcome to Cavs HQ. Boy, we've got one very busy show upcoming for this edition of Cavs HQ. Of course, this is Women's History Month, and today... Monday, March 8th is International Women's Day, so in honor of that, uh, we've got Cavaliers assistant coach Lindsey Gottlieb going to drop by and pay us a visit. And then Jim Jones, I know you as a music guy are going to love guest number two in the Legends Chair. We're going to have a musical legend. Yes, Daz Band's Bobby Harris is going to stop by and pay us a visit. Oh, my goodness. Oh, flashbacks. Oh, on the dance floor. Oh, in the corner, in the dark, so no one could see. I couldn't dance. Oh, oh, oh. I can see you on the dance floor to let it whip, man. (laughs) I can see you on that floor to let it whip. And, of course, Lindsey Gottlieb, a great story as the Cavaliers' assistant coach now in her second year. Had a remarkable run at Cal with the uh, women's head job there when she was a a women's head coach at the basketball level. So uh, she is really fun to talk to. So we're looking forward to that conversation as well. So with that type of show up ahead, we're going to take a quick time out. And when we come back, we're going to delve right into it as Lindsay Gottlieb will join us. So stay with us. Cavs HQ, presented by Sherwin-Williams. And we welcome you back. Cavs HQ presented by Sherwin-Williams. Tim Elkhorn along with Jim Jones on the other side of the window. The trio that puts it all together. Marty Allen, Kirk McLaughlin, Leo Simone, Jim Jones, Marty into that women's rock and roll today. As well as he should be. Absolutely. International Women's Day. Oh, good stuff from Marty Allen. And, Jim, speaking of good stuff, of course, the All-Star game last night in Atlanta. Team LeBron over Team Durant, 170-150. to 150. And starting today, we get ready for the 2022 All-Star game coming to Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse next season. Man, everybody in this building in Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse and in Northeast Ohio is fired up about that. As well they should be, Tim, because the last one that we hosted, remember, we you were just a young kid, probably just sniffling from the nose. Uh, but you remember we had uh, the top 50 greatest basketball players. Remember that one? I do, yes. yes I wasn't that, that young, was, Jim. 
Yeah, but you're tender. And uh, <laughs> and uh, I remember, Tim, that I had a chance to sit next to Wilt Chamberlain. Oh. And he had his legs outstretched. And I was sitting next to him as a chair in between. And I said, why am I acting like this? Why am I acting? I was scared to look over at him. I was scared. Really, I was scared. Because Wilt Chamberlain epitomized everything that I had ever wanted to be as a basketball player. Visibility, personality class, style, and a dominating figure on the basketball court. But what the Cavs are doing now, Tim, this will be our 75th anniversary. And uh, that even makes it more unique. You know, we remodeled our building. It'll be a chance for people to participate with the players and get involved. It's going to be a grand time. Well, Jim, here in this building, and as far as the Cavaliers are concerned, uh, you're an all-star. So you got involved in a very special project, a video that the Cavs have put together to start promoting the 2022 NBA All-Star Game here in Cleveland. So uh, let's listen to some of your work. We have been here before. In 81, at the Coliseum with Irving. Bird, Tiny Archibald, Kareem, Gervin, and Moses. In 97, at the gun. Mutombo, Peyton, and Grant Hill. Stockton, Elijah and KG. Legends have ran for miles on these hardwood floors. They have defied gravity. They have soared. Legends, man. Legends of the past, but legends they will remain. Inspiring generations for millennia to come. Here in Cleveland, the future is now. Oh, awesome work, my friend and broadcast partner. And boy, there's no doubt, uh, the Cavaliers, Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse, the city of Cleveland, Northeast Ohio, uh, we are going to do this right for the 2022 All-Star Game. Well, Tim, I was very fortunate. You know, the whole thing uh, was put together. Uh, Tracy uh, Merrick. Remember when Tracy came down to our booth the last game before the break? And uh, she told me about it. She said, would you do it? I said, uh, I haven't turned you down yet. <laughs> you <were> never. <laughs> and so uh, when I got there, let me tell you, they got all these young kids now working for the Cavs in their production office, and they are magnificent. The thing that I told them is I don't mind going over stuff three, four, five, six, seven, eight times. Let's just make sure we get it right. So that sort of eased the tension because many times when you see somebody as big as I am and as ugly as I am, there's always a tendency to just be more careful than you want to be because when you're dealing with creative minds like these young geniuses, you know, they want to get things right and they pay attention to detail. And this group was fantastic. They were led by Tracy Merrick and, of course, young Dan Gilbert, Dan's youngest son. Uh, they're the ones uh, that put this all together, and they were magnificent. Yeah, really great job. 
All righty, we're going to take a quick time out and in staying with Women's History Month, and of course today being International Women's Day, we've got a very special guest coming up, Cavaliers assistant coach Lindsay Gottlieb. We'll talk about this lady's rise through the game of basketball. So stay with us. Cavs HQ presented by Sherwin-Williams. awesome you know she brings on top of intelligence and basketball intelligence uh, and being a great person uh, she brings a calm to the staff as well sometimes I don't know if you've noticed I can get a little excited and she does a great job of you know bringing me back uh, and the same thing with the guys but giving you you know someone who's trustworthy uh, someone who you know you can depend on uh, when times are good or when times are bad but you know she's awesome I couldn't say enough positive things about him. Cavalier head coach J.B. Bickerstaff talking about his assistant coach and our guest on Cavs HQ presented by Sherwin-Williams, Lindsay Gottlieb. Lindsay now in her second year on the Cavaliers bench as an assistant coach came to the Cavs following an outstanding tenure at the University of California, Berkeley. Uh, she led that team to seven overall NCAA tournaments in her time as the head coach. So, Lindsay, uh, you and I were chatting before we rolled here. Last year, the uh, non-COVID year, you and I would get together every three or four games for pregame conversations. So I missed those, and, man, it is great to talk to you again. We really appreciate you coming on Cavs HQ and how appropriate to have you on International Women's Day today. Well, thanks, Tim. Likewise, I I, I miss them as well, um, but I guess have to make some adjustments this year but it's great to be on with with you and and Jim today and I appreciate you having me. I mentioned that you came to the Cavs uh, after your time uh, at the University of California but I want to go back to when you were a young girl or perhaps a teenager and and realized you had this passion for sports and realized even as a girl who would become a woman uh, that you were going to have to fight through some barriers. Just talk about your mindset at that time and what has led you now to a position as an NBA assistant coach. Yeah, it's, uh, it's great to be with you on International Women's Day. It's pretty cool. Um, when I was a kid, I loved sports. That's what, you know, I think came naturally to me. I had uh, parents who, you know, allowed us to pursue our passions, whatever they were. Um, certainly, you know, sports was my only passion, but I just, I loved all sports. I loved talking about the games. I loved playing everything. I went to my brother's baseball games. I was really into it from a young age. And no one in my immediate circle told me I couldn't, which I think made all the difference. I didn't think it was strange at all that I, you know, that I liked football and basketball and baseball. And then as you start to navigate the world as a, as a girl, you start to hear the you can't, right? Like, football's for boys. And so my parents had to go say, no, she wants to play football. You know, she's going to play football. Um, or, you know, as, as you start to realize that, um, you know, people see the world, well, this might be for boys or, or that's something, you know, door you're not supposed to go into. And so that's when, you know, having the right support system to make you feel like you can do things changes your life, which I, that's part of the reason I'm just so into giving opportunities uh, to young girls uh, and also to help, you know, young boys see that, that women can, can do and be anything. 
then it wasn't until I was a college basketball player that I really decided I wanted to get into coaching. I, I just thought it was an unbelievable way to, to be uh, involved in the game that I love. You know, I'm kind of a nerd for the X's and O's, but also to impact people uh, because that 18 to 22-year-old kind of college-age um, person, um, I just felt like it was, a, it was a really neat way to, through coaching, you know, really educate and empower uh, college-age women. Uh, and then um, as I just kind of pursued my love of the game, I had connections in the NBA and in coaching. And when this opportunity came, gosh, um, it just wasn't something that I could, I could turn down, even though it was a little bit of a, of a pivot in my career and, and a new kind of scary but unbelievable opportunity. Lindsay, uh, I'm going to ask you two questions. The first one is, which one of your parents had the most influence on you to keep you going? Both of them. I think my mom was ahead of her time. And both of my parents have since passed. My mom passed when I was 19. Um, oh. You know, she was uh, kind of like a spitfire. She was uh, maybe the bigger yeah. the bigger personality um, mm-hmm. and definitely, you know, made us all, I'm the youngest of four, believe we could do anything. But my father was uh, a girl dad before, you know, it was cool to be a girl dad. Uh, mm-hmm. He was uh, taking me everywhere with him from his political events to, to sporting events. So I, I really can't say it was one or the other. It was, it was both of them. Yeah, so you got the exposure early. Now, the second question we both have in common. You played at Brown. I've got two sons that played at Brown. No way. I actually didn't know that all the time. Yes. I didn't realize that. Yeah, Kendall and, uh, and uh, Kyle. Uh, two of the triplets played it. They they played it brown. Uh, wow! Uh, you, what years did? What years were they there? Oh Lord! Now I'm 71. You know I I, I can't remember too well. But but <laughs> gotcha. uh, but uh, I'm trying to think. Oh, it's they've been out. Of course they played in Europe. But uh, it has to be about 15, 18 years ago that they were brown. Now the second thing, you're a philosopher. That's what my degree is in philosophy. Oh my god. Oh no way. Uh, I, I oh. was uh yep, my grad degree is in philosophy of education, my undergrad is in political science. So, you know, intellectually I was interested in a lot of things. Like I, I didn't grow up saying, you know, for sure I'm I'm going to be a coach. I thought maybe I'd be a sports writer or a broadcaster yes. or a lawyer. Uh, mm-hmm. but it was when I was playing college sports, you know, my my friends were having experiences, some positive, some negative, but Almost all of them were directly related to how they felt about their coach or their athletic program, and so that was the time where I was like, "This is this is what I'm called to do, uh, to you know, to be in sports as a as a coach." Again, we're talking with Cavaliers assistant coach Lindsay Gottlieb as she joins us on International Women's Day, and and Lindsay, I wanted to ask you about the Cavs organization overall because I know you're involved as are several female employees with the Cavaliers with an initiative called Empower Her, or Empower Her, <laughs> if I'm pronouncing mm-hmm. that correctly. But, boy, the Cavaliers are very strong in putting women in managerial and decision-making positions. Share with our audience uh, what that means to you and what it means to the Cavs organization. Yeah, I appreciate you asking about it. I, you know, on the basketball side of things, I, I, I get a lot of the attention, right? Like I'm the, the woman that, oh, they have a female assistant coach. But it's it's really, I think, important to note that the Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse side, like the business side, has a ton of female employees. I, I want to say we're top five in the NBA uh, in the number of women who are VP level uh, or higher. That's in marketing, in business, in 
tickets and all of that kind of thing. And I think it's important for, you know, for girls and young women to know if you're interested in any number of areas, you know, if you're involved in math, you could get into analytics. If you, if you like business, you can be in sports business. Like there's a place in sports for you, even if it's not as a professional player, you know, or as a coach. And so I think the Cavs are leaders um, in terms of the diversity in the workplace initiatives. And it's really cool to be a part of this group with the Cavs of other women doing things that are really important in the organization. And this group is to lift one another up, to have an impact in the community, to make sure that women are prepared to be successful in the roles that they have and the ones that they want. Um, and I'm just really proud of the organization for making it a priority to, um, to have strong women uh, all over the, the, or, the organization and the family of companies. Lindsay, could you talk a little bit about your young kids on that Cavalier team? Could you talk a little bit about the Cavs basketball side, just a little bit? Definitely. Um, well, it's, it's funny. I just I'm having such a great time, you know, as a part of this coaching staff. Um, you know, we're on All Star break, and, and I can honestly say I can't wait to get back and, and see what's in store for us. There are times that our starting lineup is announced, Jim, and I'll look at JB and say, "You realize how young we are, right?" <laughs> I mean, at this point, with, with Caleb out and, and with Larry having been hurt, I think. You know, we've been starting a group that's like 24 and under, um, and you literally get to see the development day in and day out from the progression of reads. You know, Darius going through his read as he as he comes off pick and roll, or you know, the the growing relationship between Colin and Jared Allen. You know, as, as they they execute on the floor, like it, you don't always get that right, and we won't always be this young, and that's the goal, right? Is to to keep building and and to have this young core grow um, and get better and, and obviously add pieces and take advantage of the pieces around them. It's very unique to have a young group that is totally committed to what JB is, is saying every single night. We certainly have not been perfect, but it's never been for a lack of focus on what the mission is. Um, you know, we're fortunate. We're not battling ourselves ever. It's just a matter of uh, trying to get as good as we can to compete in this unbelievable, you know, and talented league. Lindsay, I've often heard that the best head coach is a coach who lets his or her coaches coach you have to let your assistants coach so what are your specific responsibilities with jb yeah it's interesting like coming to the nba from from having been a head coach in college your own ncaa only allows you to have three full-time assistants that can be on the floor you get to the nba and there's like you know a gazillion different people with different roles so jb <laughs> does a really good job of empowering each of us um so i do scouting reports um i guess i do about a fifth of the of the scouting reports, and in which case you're, you know, you're tasked with learning the opponent, getting their tendencies, what they're going to run on offense, what their players are looking to do, and then teaching that to our players in terms of what we're trying to take away. You know, I work with individual players watching film um, and on the court. Uh, so this year I work really closely with Dylan Windler, just involved in our staff meetings of generally coming up with our, our defensive um, philosophies and, and adding uh, as well, um, you know, to, to game plan wise, whatever, you know, we can. JB's really good about hearing all voices in the room and then coming up with, you know, the decision as the head coach needs to do. But um, so I get to do a lot of different cool things and try to work with analytics as much as I can to help us um, to help us kind of be as, as results oriented as, as we can be while also maintaining the development of the young guys. I know we don't have a lot of minutes, but are you familiar with Ed Myers, some of your pioneers, and Nancy Lieberman, who's a family personal friend of ours? Are you familiar with, with those two young ladies? Yes, I'm friends with both of them. So Ann Myers, oh, you know, okay. when I, my time on the West Coast, obviously, you know, she's a UCLA alum and, and working with the Phoenix Mercury. So she's uh, scouted some of my players when I was at Cal and, and been, you know, been around. Um, and Nancy Lieberman, we crossed paths a couple of times, and then she reached out when I took the job with the Cavs. So both great. of them have been great, not only doing 
what they've done in their careers, but but trying to help uh, women coming after them in this league as well. Oh, that's awesome. All right, real quick before we go, Cavs' second half starts with three road games, but their first home game of the second half, the 17th against Boston, which will be Women Who Rock Night. Now, Lindsey oh, Gottlieb, who is your woman <laughs> rocker that you go to? If you got to hear some rock music from a lady when you're driving down the road, what are you hitting on the dial? Oh, my gosh, like music-wise? Yeah. Who's your favorite women rocker? Hmm. Um, gosh. Um, uh, I don't know. I listen to all different kinds of things, I would say, but, uh, my son, this is crazy, but my son right now is like really into this one Katy Perry song. So we keep playing it over and over and over because oh, he okay. likes to, uh, he likes to dance to it. So I'll, I'll say <laughs> at the moment, I'll, at the moment, I'll shout out Katy Perry. He's definitely a woman who rocks. How old is your son now? Cause I've, I've seen him on the road and what a handsome young man. Oh, thank you. He's going to be four in May, so oh, he's uh, big. Oh, he's, get, he's, he's getting big. He's he's about uh, three and three quarters. So it's it's a, just an incredible journey to see him grow up, and obviously he's a huge Cavs fan. I was just going to say, if you follow Coach Gottlieb on Twitter, uh, sometimes Jordan is featured in yes. some of your Twitter <laughs> stuff, and he's absolutely adorable. He is. So thank you. Well, Lindsay, uh, we really appreciate you joining us today uh, on International Women's Day. Uh, so appropriate to have you on. Marty, are you going to put a little Katy Perry on just for Lindsay right here? There you go. Hey, we appreciate it. Oh, you guys are the best. Thank you, Coach. Look forward to seeing you in the second half of the year. Lindsay right, Gottlieb so joining us here on Ken's HQ, presented by Sherwood-Williams. Katy Perry takes us to the break. Stay with us. A lot more to come. Cavs HQ is brought to you by Sherwin-Williams, the official paint and coatings partner of the Cleveland Cavaliers, and by Huntington. If you need guidance on your money right now, talk to Huntington. Welcome. As the Cavs strive to be champions both on the court and in the community, we are proud to support local nonprofit organizations through our weekly 50-50 raffles presented by Oswald. This week's raffle will benefit the Cavaliers Community Foundation. For complete 50-50 raffle details and to purchase your 50-50 raffle ticket, visit Cavs.com slash raffle. Thank you, Cavs fans, for being the diff in our community. Cavs in the Community is brought to you by Discount Drug Mart. We'll be right back with more Cavs HQ presented by Sherwin-Williams on the First Energy Cavaliers Radio Network. Yeah, Marty Allen. I feel like getting up and dancing here in the studio. A little let it whip. And that brings us to our guest on Kev's HQ, presented by Sherwin-Williams, Bobby Harris from the Daz Band, who, of course, uh, made that a very famous song and one that everybody would get up on the dance floor and start dancing to. Now joins us Bobby is in the legends chair because he certainly is a legend as far as Cleveland music is concerned. Bobby, I have to tell you, in my younger day, I was a uh, club DJ and a wedding DJ 
And as soon as those first few notes of Let It Whip <laughs> came blasting through the speakers, that dance floor was packed. Just hearing those first few notes brings back a lot of great memories for me. That's great, man. I'm glad we could help provide them. So what was what was the inspiration for that song? Let's start right there. That's a huge hit for you guys, a group out of Cleveland. Uh, how did you come up with Let It Whip? And then it just soars up the charts. Well, it was um, written by Reggie Andrews and, uh, and Dugu Chasler. And Reggie brought, you know, he was the producer, and he brought that song to the group. And, um, you know, we said, man, this groove is really different than what we've been doing. You know, we, you know, we weren't really like... <laughs> Oh yeah, we're feeling this. You know, it wasn't it wasn't like that at first. You know, and then it just started developing with the vocals and and you know the ideas that were added and uh, production and all of a sudden you know uh, we said wow you know I don't know if this is a hit but it sure sounds different and it sure sounds good you know so uh, Reggie Andrews and Dougal they were the, the uh, writers behind that and um, I guess we put the the musical magic on it with you know with our with our attitudes as a group you know before i throw it to jim a, a quick follow-up who knew first that's a hit that's going to get played and that's going to be a huge song i'm going to say ray calabrese and his association and with Simone. the band um, were they your producers um ray's ray has big ears you know in music and uh uh, Ray and I had gone to school together, and he was managing the group and everything. But uh, Ray said that's a smash. He said it was a smash before before I really bought in, to tell you the truth. And <laughs> Joe Simone was, you know, definitely feeling it, you know, definitely wow. feeling it. That's awesome. You know what? It's funny because one of the questions I was going to ask you was about Let It Whip. I, I know it's an international song that everybody loves, but mm -hmm. I play the bass a little bit. And so I'm developing an ear, but that darn backbeat. And then when you said Ndugo, Chancellor, I said, yeah. oh, okay, 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 because yep. that's because that because that was the groove. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That backbeat and then the, and then the bass. Now, was that bass uh, a bass and a synthesizer, or was it a bass synthesizer? It was a bass and a synthesizer. Oh, it was both. Okay. Yes. Uh huh. We would we would um on all our songs, Jim. We used to have you know that that combination. Uh, of the Moog synthesizer and the bass player, you know, because Mike Wiley was like prolific, you know, on bass, and so you know we would give him the freedom to do his thing, and we would lock it down with the Moog. Oh my goodness, Mike! That's yeah. who I knew. But let me tell you where I knew Mike. I knew Mike from Sarah House. Okay, yeah, that's where I used to be all the time. <laughs> that's right, man. And and then remember Greg over at the Forge. And uh, mm -hmm. he would, mm -hmm. and everybody could, and that's how he got everybody on the floor. He would always start out with, "Let it whip," <laughs> by the Daz band. <laughs> oh, but 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 I, I I know Tim is crazy. But uh, where you did would you get do the, the boogaloo. Daz? I know you would, Jim. Oh no no, I was slow walking two step. That was slow walking, <laughs> you know, right? Uh, but where did you get the name Daz? Well, I um, growing up in Cleveland, I played the jazz clubs um my dad was a saxophonist and i loved jazz since i was 14 years old and so wow. uh, i didn't want to when we did the finally came to the r&b world or the funk world i didn't want to sound like a sellout or be a sellout so i just changed the, you know the jazz to daz oh, okay. um which is danceable which means danceable jazz you know so it was um, oh, okay that was the, the inspiration behind that if you could, Bobby, take a moment or two and just talk about your Cleveland roots and how this all came together as the Daz Band. Well, I grew up there from St. Luke's Hospital all the way 
<laughs> to being a man and, and so forth and so on. And I, like I said, I played about 15 years or so in summer clubs that even Jim used to be in, uh, theatrical. That's and right. Sarah House, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. East and West Side. Um, pick a quick story out of it. Uh, uh, Ray Calabrese, who became uh, my manager that worked for Joe Simone, um, he came to see us when we were like 1974 when we was just fusion group, fusion group playing um, fusion music. And um, he loved it, and uh, he had the originals, so we got the we got busy and got some originals on the on R&B side. And he he took the tape to Joe, and Joe says, "Wow, these guys sound great. How can I meet them? Blah blah blah." And so it went on from there. And Joe Simone was like, <laughs> Joe Simone, his his work ethic was crazy. I mean, he he <laughs> he worked all the time, and we worked all the time, and it made us tight as a group. We could hit the stage no matter what condition it was. We were tight. Um, we rehearsed every day like a job. Mm. Um, and uh, Joe would come in in the mornings, and sometimes he and I would sit there at 9 and 10 o'clock at night. You know, he just, woo, woo, you know. And uh, and so he was a believer, and Joe put his money where his mouth was, you know. Um, what Motown didn't do, um, Joe did. You know, uh, wow. what, no, Mo, what Motown didn't see, Joe saw. Well, yeah. tell us this. You keep bringing up Joe Simone. Is he related to Leo, who works with us, our producer? He is his father. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean Leo when he was a little one, you know, coming out there. Um, no, that's that's his dad, you know. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, Joe was. Uh, he was a one of a kind. I'll never, never, ever forget Joe. You know, Joe was. Uh, when you kind of point to reasons for your success, you know, his name yes. has to be at the wow. top of this. You know. We finally have a guest in the Legends chair that didn't come out of Jim Jones's black book. <laughs> you know, Bobby, the Legends chair has been filled with these guests out of Jim's black book, all these NBA legends. It's awesome yeah. to have a music legend yes, in the Legends yes. chair. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm honored. <laughs> all right, we're going to take a quick timeout. If you don't mind, Bobby, we'll have you stick around for one more segment because uh, we still want to talk some more music and some more Daz Band with you. Uh, your work is not yet done with the Daz Band, so we're going to talk a little bit about what's happening nowadays. So some Joystick is going to take us to the break. Man, this one would get them up and dancing too, Marty. I remember saying, hey, come on out here, little Daz Band. Man, everybody would come running out. All right, more to come. Caps HQ presented by Sherwood Williams. <laughs> Oh, this one will get him on a dance floor, too. <laughs> yes, this is called Drop It, and this is the Daz Band's is this the new one? newest. Yes. Oh, okay. It's the new, new okay. single, Drop It. So uh, you haven't heard the last of the Daz Band. <laughs> Drop It. Yeah, I could play this at a wedding. This absolutely would get him up and going. <laughs> So, Bobby, tell us about Drop It and uh, some of the new music that the Daz Band is going to be releasing. Okay. Well, well Drop It, believe, believe it or not, was a song that was uh, written by my partner. Um, um, my girlfriend, and uh, we uh, collaborated and wrote this song, Drop It, and it's just a fun song. You know, um, uh, 
you know, like I said, to try to get, again, people uh, danced on the dance floor. You know, you, you want a song that, you, that makes you want to dance instead of a song that you can dance to. So we try to keep it there, you know, groove-wise and everything. But it was fun doing it with her. And um, we've been getting a lot of uh, positive uh, feedback from that song. I love the way you phrased that. I've never thought of it in that way before. It makes you want to dance. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Yeah, one of the things, uh, Bob, you know, with this hip-hop thing, they're stealing all your stuff, brother. I'll be here now. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. Where did I hear that? Back? That's the test. Man, I wonder are they getting, are they, are they getting resents for that? Uh, are you getting any residuals for, for some of all the stuff they're stealing your stuff? Especially Kanye. Kanye uses a lot of your stuff. Well, the way they do it is they're not blatantly taking it. You know what I mean? So you get, you're hearing the flavors of the 80s and, you know, 80s groups. 90s mm-hmm. groups uh, mm-hmm. um, with this uh, with these uh, youngsters, you know what I mean? And it's kind of it's really young, it's really complimentary because you know I, I'm a Cavs fan, man. I remember you. I mean, I remember the, you know I remember those days and rocking. I mean, just being out there, just going crazy. And these players today are just offshoot of you guys. I mean, they they emulate you. You know what I mean? So they you know emulation mm-hmm. is uh, flattery. You know, so let them have at it. Yeah. yeah, well, let me tell you a big song that I thought the copy, and I thought this, and I heard it for about three months. Mm-hmm. California grew uh, by Tupac and Dre. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. That was your, oh, don't get me started. But anyway, <laughs> but anyway, you know, uh, it is a credit, but uh, guys are making huge amounts of money off of it. And I'm glad mm-hmm. to see that you guys are still in the game. I still think your soul ballad harmonies are unbelievable. Well, thank you very much. Hey, Bobby, thank before you. we let you go, uh, Cleveland is such a multicultural, uh, ethnic city, and Cleveland music's Cleveland music, whether it's jazz, whether it's R&B, whether it's rock and roll, and uh, Cleveland lost one of its giants over the weekend in Michael Stanley. Uh, of yeah. course, Cleveland, the home of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. But uh, just your thoughts on on Michael. I don't know if you had a chance to ever interact with him, but uh, what he meant to the Cleveland music scene overall. Well, I was fortunate enough to meet him. Um, and, uh, you know, had that interaction. Um, he wasn't somebody that you know we talked on the phone and everything. But I went out to see him and um, uh, seventy nine, seventy seventy nine, and uh, it was just unbelievable to have like twenty thousand people over 20,000 wow. people at the Coliseum, uh, you know, screaming his name, knowing his music. And, um, you know, when I, that, that particular time I was kind of just starting in the, in the recording aspect of this. And I just wanted to learn something. I said, this guy, <laughs> he's homegrown and he's bringing him in like, like he's the yeah. Beatles, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, um, and it was just one of those kind of things where they just had it. They just had it, you know, that it thing, you know, they just had it. Right. And, uh, yeah. He'll be sadly missed. Um, it's a, he's an icon, you know. He's like I say, he's a Cleveland legend. Um, uh, they knew him, you know, uh, in the United States. Period. You know what I mean? You know, I don't know what sure. the international stuff was, but he was uh, well known everywhere. And um, yeah, uh, I just never saw anything like that. You know, at home. You know what I mean? Like a homegrown band do that at home. And um, yeah, uh, I thought I was bragging. You know, we said, oh, we we sold the front row theater out five nights in a row, didn't it? Yeah, he sold out 12 nights, and he had... <laughs> I'm going like, I said, man, you know, it's just incredible. Um, I, you, know, I, I, you know, I love it, you know, to, 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 uh, to be associated as a Cleveland with that guy, uh, being a musician, I very much respect it, and, uh, 
and we'll you know we'll sadly be missed but his music will live on that's the great thing about music you can you can live on through your music you know what i mean yeah. absolutely yeah yeah i have two other groups I, I want you just to hit on for a minute mm-hmm. the chambers brothers and the ojs mm-hmm. oh, mm-hmm. i know i know the chambers brothers talk a little bit about that because ooh. Hmm. well again <laughs> they were you know, it, it, they were that thing. You know, it, 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 this business is so crazy you know, that when you just can just stick your head up or stick an arm up in it and say, hey, here I am, and people see you, that's almost like a miracle in and of itself because it's, it's so many, you know, you're looking at millions and millions of musicians in the world, and you see a chart that has, one of them has 100 places, another one has 200 places, another one has 50 places, not like a million positions on a chart, you know, and so when you get on it, and people know your name and they know your music, you just got to buy on to that. I mean, I just, you know, I think that's a wonderful thing. That's, that's, a, that's a blessing, you know, that that happens. You know what I mean? You know, and a lot goes into that. You know, you got to have talent and you got to have some breaks. You know, you got to have some luck along the way with that, man. You just have to. Well, Bobby, again, it has been a real thrill to have you on the show. Uh, you are certainly a Cleveland legend on the music side, and it has really been a blast to sit here and talk to you. We appreciate it's it very, good. very much. Appreciate Thank you guys you having me, much. and a shout out to all the guys uh, in Cleveland there, uh, and uh, you know uh, Pierre, uh, uh, who we lost, and Michael Wiley, who we lost. Oh, uh, Ike, oh. Ike is still here. Uh, Kenny Pettis, you know yes. uh, Steve, I think is in the South. Eric is still there, but you know it was just it was just a bunch of great guys that uh, contributed to this whole thing, and uh, you know, and I appreciate them, and I uh, hope they know that, and um, you know, I uh, just want to say that. This is what I feel. Oh, that's awesome. Thanks, Bobby. And, of course, uh, another new release from the Daz Band takes us to the break, Your Love. This sounds like a great tune as well. Your Love takes us to the break. All right, we'll take a quick time out. When we come back, more to come. It's Cavs HQ presented by Sherwin-Williams. Welcome you back. Cavs HQ presented by Sherwin-Williams, Tim Elkhorn, Jim Jones, and of course, that's the unmistakable voice of Michael Stanley, who sadly passed away this past weekend. And of course, we talked to Bobby Harris about Michael Stanley and his unbelievable influence here in the city of Cleveland, and certainly a very strong connection with Michael Stanley and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, Back in the 90s, Jim, Michael Stanley was the host of Cavs Fast Break. Uh, That television production actually won an Emmy Award locally. Michael was the host of that. And then that song you just heard right there, that jingle, Tonight's the Night, the theme song for the Cavaliers. Uh, Michael Stanley embodied Cleveland. Everything about the city of Cleveland, uh, Michael Stanley in his music reflected that back. Yeah, he was... uh, uh our own Bruce Springsteen because uh, the tone and his narrative and his dialogue and uh, the beats was just pure rock, but it attracted a group of people who were hardworking, 
who were basically factory foundry workers, people who cared about their families, went to church on Sunday. I mean, all those fundamentals of the American dream. You know, he embodied that. Uh, Michael and I used to go to a lot of charity events together. You know, I would see him there and we'd spend time together sitting and talking. And uh, the thing I liked about him was even when he won the Emmy for the, you know, for the local Cavs show, I just thought he was fantastic. I, I, I had been, I was on the show two or three times and uh, we had a good chemistry. But the thing I liked about him is that even though he was known internationally, you know, as a great uh, rocker, uh, he was very approachable, uh, no, no big head. You know, he just, uh, he was the kind of guy that you wanted to be around. So to uh, all of Michael's friends and family and coworkers, uh, our sympathies, but I thought Bobby Harris uh, said it so very well. Uh, when a musician passes, their music lives forever. So yes. uh, I'm sure all of us will always be listening to Michael Stanley. All right, Jim, we got about a minute left. The second half of the season gets underway uh, Friday night. Cavs will be in New Orleans. They go into the second half of the season, having won four of their last five. Uh, your thoughts on what's going to be a racehorse second half of the year? A lot of games in about two months. Yeah, you and I have been talking about it. We saw it coming, and uh, and, and then we read about it, and, and, it, and it was frightening. Uh, all of those back-to-back, some not even at home. Uh, you're splitting. You're on the road one night, and you're playing the second game somewhere else. Uh, uh, a bench is going to be more important now. You're going to have to have three guys off the bench that, that you can have play every night because you're going to need them because fatigue is going to be a huge factor, and we've got to knock on wood that everyone can stay healthy and get healthy. Thank yeah. you. Cavs and Pelicans Friday night on the First Energy Cavaliers Radio Network, 7.30 pregame, and we'll tip it off at 8 o'clock. All right, that's going to do it. Marty Allen, of course, Kurt McLaughlin, Leo Simone with that bulging black book. Thanks to those guys, (laughs) Jim Jones. Thanks Thanks, to you. Biggest thanks goes to you, the listener. We're going to let Michael Stanley take us home. So long, everybody. Cavs HQ was brought to you by Sherwin-Williams, the official paint and coatings partner of the Cleveland Cavaliers. And by Huntington. If you need guidance on your money right now, talk to Huntington. Welcome. Welcome.